Welcome to the Keystone Church Podcast. Keystone Church exists to lead people towards a life that is fully surrendered to Jesus. We hope that this message will encourage you and inspire you to take your next step in your faith journey. Thanks so much for joining us and enjoy this week's message from Pastor Lauren Foster. So one of the things that Lauren and I wanted to do before we celebrate Father's Day next weekend, we wanted to just take a weekend and have a little bit of family time. And we just had been talking, a lot of conversation here recently. One of the themes that we that have, has continued to come up in conversation for the two of us was this subject of love, specifically how do we love people well? In fact, I'm going to be talking more specific over the next few weeks, a little bit deeper uh, in regards to this subject. Next weekend, we're going to be talking about what it means to have the heart of a father for Father's Day. But this question is something that both Lauren and I have been talking through, praying through, and it brings to mind this passage of Scripture in John chapter 13, verse 34 and 35. It says this, A new command I give you, love one another, as I have loved you, so you must love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. One of the things that Lauren and I have been discussing, and perhaps you feel this as well, that we are living in a world that is starving for love. And this isn't a kind of love that's surfacy. Right. It's not a love that is just simply given haphazardly. People are looking for a love that has depth, that has purpose, that's unconditional. As believers, we know and we recognize this is a love that only Jesus can give. Few thoughts that we wanted to talk through this morning that'll help kind of frame in this idea as we introduce this subject of how do we love people well. A few thoughts on how we can do that. The first is this, that we have to go to the Lord's presence. We have to go to His presence in order to find out how to truly love someone else. And here are a few of the reasons why. Because we can't love like Christ until Christ's love has transformed our lives. Right. And I think, too, a lot of times that transformation is not just a one-time deal. Like, you accept Jesus and you're changed and everything's different. That is true sometimes. And that is true in the sense that now you have become a child of God and you are on your way to heaven, but there is also the sanctification process that causes transformation in our lives when we seek Jesus and when we're really humble enough to say, God, what in me needs to change so that I can look at someone else and love them the way you love them? That's so true. In fact, I wrote it down like this, you can't give what you haven't received. We heard somebody say, in fact, it was, a, it was a psychologist where we used to live in Arkansas. They made a statement years ago, and I'm sure they didn't come up with or coin this statement, but it was hurting people hurt people and healed people heal people. And so many times I think our desire is we want to know how to truly love, but we can't love the way God's designed us to love others until we first encounter that love for ourselves. Right. I wanted to read this quote from Charles Spurgeon. It's lengthy, so bear with me. But he speaks to this very subject when it comes to encountering God's love in and through our own life and how that can transform the way that we live, the way that we love other people. It says this, There are times when solitude is better than society and silence is wiser than speech. 
We should be better Christians if we were more alone, waiting upon God, and gathering through meditation on His Word, spiritual strength for labor in His service. We ought to muse upon the things of God because we thus get the real nutriment out of them. Why is it that some Christians, although they hear many sermons, make but slow advances in the divine life? That's a great question. Because they neglect their closets. And what he's simply trying to say is they neglect their time with God, their personal time with the Lord, and do not thoughtfully meditate on God's word. They love the wheat, but they do not grind it. And to put that in perspective, that means you hear a lot of great sermons, a lot of great messages, but you never actually take it, apply it, meditate on it, chew it, digest it spiritually. A great point here. They would have the corn, but they will not go forth into the fields to gather it. The fruit hangs upon the tree, but they will not pluck it. It just means it's like all that God has for us is right in front of us. If we will just go out and get it. for our own life. The water flows at their feet, but they will not stoop to drink it. From such folly, deliver us, O Lord. He's making this prayer and this cry. Really what he's trying to say is, do you want to know how to love people well? You need to first let Jesus love you, and you need to love him in that same way. Right. And it does take effort on our part. It, It is provided to us, but there is a measure of effort in taking the time to seek Him, in spending time with Him, in really digging into the Word and finding out what it means for your life individually and how it can transform you. If you just lay your head on a Bible, there's no osmosis that happens here. (laughs) There's effort that has to happen. We have to open that book and put it to work in our life. So good. Second thought, how do we love people well? How can we start? Is to strive for unity striving for unity in our lives, specifically in our relationships with those in our family, those that we're close to. We're striving to have unity because in Romans 12, 18, it says, if it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. What I love about this passage, if you go back in verse nine, it actually talks about before, before the writer describes unity in Christ, talks about love a love that must be sincere. And what I love about this particular passage is that we know, and if you're watching this, you know too, you know when someone in your life has genuinely and sincerely loved you, Mm -hmm. and then you also know when they haven't. And that can make a profound difference in the way that we respond to someone's love or attempt at love. It's almost as if if you know somebody loves you, that they have your best interest at heart and they are for you, it's almost as if you can receive anything from that kind of person. Right, so good. This third idea as well, very simply, we remember that we represent Christ. We are Jesus's ambassadors. Mm -hmm. This is what the Word said. This is, this is why it is so very important to remember. 2 Corinthians 5.20, it says, We are therefore Christ's ambassadors, as though God were making His appeal through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. Be reconciled to God. So very powerful. And once again, in verse 14, prior to Paul talking about reconciliation, 
he mentions in the previous verses, he says it's because Christ's love compels us. Love is at the foundation of everything that we're talking about. Yeah. And I think, too, keeping the eternal perspective, realizing that while we are Christ's ambassadors, while we are on this earth, our actions, the way we speak, the way we treat people, someone else's eternal life could be predicated on the way that we talk to them, the way we represent Christ to them. That's right. And so always keeping that in the forefront of our minds that eternity is on the line. Is it more important that our opinion is heard or that that person feels the love that Jesus has for them? It's so good. And, and I think that kind of brings the question, okay, what's my part to play? Like Foster, okay, what, how's, this, how's this become practical for my own life? Well, I believe one way is simply this. When you see people in the midst of their pain, we do everything that we can as believers to bring Christ right in the middle of that painful situation because we are called to represent Him Mm -hmm. in all that we do. We're called to bring Christ's love to others. This is one of the best ways I can describe it to you uh, as a pastor. When I speak on stage, when I'm looking out at people, which is going to happen next weekend, thank God. But when I'm looking at somebody, when I'm looking at the, the crowd, when I'm looking at everyone in the room, I'm searching. I'm, I'm going through the room face by face. And what I'm trying to do, this is something that my pastor taught me, and he didn't even realize he, he actually taught me this principle years ago. It's something that I picked up on. I look for the person in the room that to me seems to be hurting the most. When I find that person, I preach with everything in me as if they're the only person in the room. Because I know that in that moment, they may need to hear this gospel truth in the message of Christ more than anyone else. So I want you to think right now, there's someone in your life that you know is in the middle of a painful situation. I want you to visualize who that person is. And I want you to think to yourself, what could you do this next week? What could you do tomorrow? What practical way Can you, as it says in scripture, be an ambassador for Christ and bring the love of God right in the middle of their pain? Mm -hmm. And I think when we let the love of Christ transform our life, it allows the Spirit of God to do something in us first so that we can now be the representation of that love to a hurting world. That's why I'm so excited. I've said this a couple different times to some groups of uh, teams of ours, leaders of ours at our church, that I believe that the local church has such an incredible opportunity, not just in this season, but in every season to be that representation of the love of God, this love that many people have not encountered. I wrote this down and I told you this earlier, (laughs) that I've never heard from someone you know, that person, they just loved me way too much. (laughs) That person, they just, man, they loved me to the point where I just, I started to just hate them because they loved me so much. They were too kind. (laughs) They were too kind. They represented Jesus too much. I've never heard that said, but I would venture to say that all of us have a story of someone that because of a love deficiency Mm -hmm. in their life, they could immediately respond And they could go back and think of a wound that maybe even hasn't healed because of a lack of love. I believe if Jesus was walking 
in our modern day. And he was walking through culture and he was seeing everything that was taking place. I wrote a few things down. I believe he would still be the standard this day of what unconditional love was all about. His love for people would confuse some, it would frustrate some because it is so transformational. It's so unconditional. It's so undeserved. And I think when we start to experience the love of God in our own life, at times it can be confusing. Mm -hmm. It can be disarming because it's irrational. There's nothing like it. When you talk about the love of God, it sounds good, but I don't even think we can truly comprehend what it means to know God's love for us in the midst of our pain, in the midst of our sin, in the midst of us being imperfect, the Lord said, I love you. I'll never stop loving you. I'll never stop pursuing you. And as that love changes us, he says, now therefore go and change the world. Mm -hmm. Now be my representation to someone that needs to experience that same love that changed you. Yeah. I, believe, I believe that Jesus would have reflected many of what the Proverbs talk about, about being quick to listen, slow to speak. He would have been looking for someone that was hurting and he would have attempted to go after them and reconcile them with gospel truth and a love that only he can give. Mm -hmm. So here's the practical. Here's the challenge this next week before we get together on Father's Day is to find that person in your life right now, just one person this week, that you know is hurting, that maybe you know you've needed to reach out to for a while and for whatever reason you haven't. It's time to encourage them with a phone call, a text message, a prayer. Doing whatever you can do in your life that's your sphere of influence right now and do your best to represent the love of Christ to that person. Let's be a church, Keystone. We're just getting started. Let's help lead the way with how we love. Wouldn't that be an amazing way to be known in our community as a church? That you know what, I don't know all about that church, but I do know they love people really well. Yeah. They're authentic, they're genuine. As the word says, they are sincere. They're sincere in word, they're sincere in deed. We know they love Christ. I'm believing that'll change people's lives. Yeah. In Jesus' name. Thanks so much for listening to this week's message. We hope you enjoyed it. Make sure to hit the subscribe button so that you can be notified each week as soon as a new sermon is available. We would love to connect with you on social media. You can find us on Instagram at The Keystone Church or over on Facebook at facebook.com backslash Keystone Church PA. And of course, for more information, you can visit our website at keystonechurchpa.com.